What's going on, family? It's your boy, Winewall, the Trap Therapist. And this season two of the Trap Therapist Podcast. Tune in. And do what it do. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Winewall, the Trap Therapist, here for the second rendition of the second season of the Trap Therapist Podcast. Man, I'm excited. Super excited, as always, to talk to my family, talk to my people. Um really come back to my safe space i feel like you know again we created this thing several years ago we created it in a space that saw me um being you know what i've been used to being being in the past couple years just in a state of transition just flowing you know um and i really want to to welcome newer listeners to what is really what i call your safe space is a place where you can be yourself it's a place where um you can see yourself hopefully through me and through the things that i'm sharing and like we got this Corona Rona shit going on right now, man. <sighs> um, it's been hard for me to create and put out right now. Just being completely honest, because the things that I feel in my spirit about what's going on right now really more so are telling me like to chill and to to kind of get back to the seeds that I've been putting in the ground and. When, when that's when like when that's your season or that's the season that you're in, it's not really flashy. It's not really like pretty. It's really kind of ugly. And the thing about us, especially as young people, like I'm 31 years old. For those of y'all that don't know, um, millennials, a lot of us, you know, we're we're not the young kids, but we not the old folks either. And what that looks like is a lot of us having to see um, our norms and the things that we define. Um, normalcy and success and adulthood to kind of be redefined. So it's like, how the fuck do you find your, um, I say, how do I ask this to my clients sometimes? Like, how do you rebuild the foundation without tearing down the house? You know, how do you not allow situations that you can't control to completely dictate how you live your life and, and, and basically the space that you create for yourself? And I think for so many of us now, like we live in a digital age, like we live in an age where home can can be synonymous for so many things. I think for a lot of us, home is really like defined by how you dress up your social media. You know, these memes really speak to a lot of truth. And I know even the memes that look like, you know, you know, like the picture, you know, the four the four part picture where like IG, this is what your IG profile look like, Facebook, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, all these different things. And for me, it's just funny just how much truth lies in these memes because the reality of it is like, shit, we really do put on different labels and different faces for the different like rooms in our houses. And if you can relate social media to the rooms in your house, like we all have a different face for the different person that we're trying to portray to whoever it is that we're trying to portray it to. So what's kind of been on my spirit lately is the fact that like now that we're forced to have to be restrained and re- restricted to our physical homes and you can't necessarily show the world or show your show people your home because your home is don't is not isn't synonymous with your lifestyle isn't synonymous with you going to work isn't synonymous with you going to the club every Tuesday and Thursday isn't synonymous with you throwing these parties isn't synonymous with you um the color that we add to life because we can move around so my thing is, and my question and my challenge is, you know, in, in, in the age of, you know, 
the world not being as safe, you know, even as we know it, is how colorful are our homes or how colorful or how willing are we to design the homes inside of ourselves to be able to cope with actually being restrained to your house. Yeah, people got to be real with themselves. And I think that's the thing is radical honesty. Radical honesty is a, is a real thing. And um, yeah, how, how, how willing are we to look at what it, what it takes to, to be real with ourselves um, and to be okay and to sit down with ourselves? I think cabin fever, I want to say, is defined as... Um, let me see if I can find this shit real quick. Um, Okay, there it goes. Yeah, cabin fever, irritability, restlessness, similar symptoms resulting from long confinement or isolation indoors during the winter. So it's like, you know, I thought about like what it means to have cabin fever and more so like kind of results from like what's cabin fever. I think right now, especially people who have families, people who are in relationships, they have children or even individuals who are, you know, like a lot of us, you know, first and second generation people living under the same roof. A lot of us actually cohabitate and it's not an uncommon thing, especially for different cultures to actually live with your parents or with your grandma, with your mother or whatever, and still be a functioning adult. Um, so, you know, in a situation like me where I have multiple spaces, like I'm in Atlanta at the same time, I'm also in Huntsville. Like in real in Atlanta, I'm with my family. So, and that's a conscious thing. But to know that I've had to perfect what it means to live in a space with people who they know me as their child, their son. They don't know me as a grown ass man. They don't know me as a motherfucker who really don't like to put clothes on, like to walk around naked. They don't know me as a person who actually has morning rituals. I like to blast my music and certain types of music in the morning. I like to do certain types of things when I wake up. It sets my environment. It sets my space. It sets my mood. And how do you function in a space with people that actually may trigger your demons? People that actually may be the cause of certain trauma, especially when it comes to family, especially when it comes to, you know, um, the people that we love, because oftentimes, like when it, you know, love is, love is really where we hurt the most. So all this, you know, coronavirus, you know, all this shit is done. I think for most of us, if we can be honest with ourselves, is force us to really look in the mirror, because when you're not able to rely on the basically what I like to call busy work that we give ourselves a life and just doing shit and having certain routines and. Um, you know, just just doing whatever um, to kind of basically escape escapism, the forms of escapism and, and shit. To be honest, going to work is also a form of escape. You know, if you've ever really worked at a job where you found some kind of stride, like you can actually escape at a job. You can escape. Um, you can escape, you know, in the routines of life. You can escape and be in a space to where you can avoid yourself by dealing with other things and other people externally. When you have a certain job or role, expectation of you, people look to you to be a certain type of way. So escaping is a very real thing. And what this is forcing all of us to do is really we have to let go of those things. You can't leave the house. So what do you do when you're forced to actually be still? I've talked, I think I spent, I really spent majority of season one detailing with, with everybody, my track therapy family, y'all understand, 
Yeah, the monotony is definitely the escape. The monotony is definitely the escape. And um, for my listeners who can't see right now, I got IG Live going on, and I got some quick people just chime, kind of chiming in. So this conversation is really kind of going to be more of a dialogue. But yeah, the monotony is definitely the escape. Um, but you know, like I was saying, like on the first season of of the, of the podcast, I talked a whole lot about how my routine really is what forced and what caused my breakdown. My routine is is what what actually me creating a routine that was outside of who I actually am is what forced me to have to come back to myself. So I say this to say so many of us have these labels that we put on ourselves and on our lives and on who people think they know. They think they know us, but do they really? Like, I really want us to ask ourselves that. Like, how, how well do these motherfuckers that say they know you really know you? Do they know the role that you fulfill or do they know the times that you crying in the closet? Do they know that person as well? Do they know the anger issues? Do they know the hopelessness, the sadness, the fearlessness? I mean, the fear, you know, the fear, different things. Man, facts, 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 facts. Like, and it's real, you know. Um, man, man, come home to yourself. Um, that's that's so strong, you know. Coming home to yourself, that's exactly what I had to do. You know, my routines were things that were uplifting other people's stories and other people's narratives and other people's timelines, right? So it's like, here I am, got a whole purpose, got a whole, you know, situation, got whole shit to do, shit I need to be doing. And now here I am up here trying to uphold what you got going on in the story that you got for your life. And it's like, that's not what the fuck I was supposed to be doing any fucking way. So I need to really sit the fuck down and like really get back to who I am and who what I'm supposed to be doing, even if it don't look like what you think success is or what you think my life actually is. Unfortunately, like so many of us have put along have put out these facades and the, our roles, but we haven't put out who we have. We put out our roles and we put out our, our labels and we put out um, the ways in which people see us, but we haven't put out the ways in which we see ourselves. That's the part that I think kind of confuses people with me because at the, the same way I'm going to give you my highs, I'm going to also poetically and, and as, as a creator get, find a way to give you my lows. People really can't. It's hard to eat a poison that you know the taste of, if that makes sense. It's like it's hard to take in something from someone when you're not willing to like take it from yourself. So it's like it's it's easy it's easier um for people to I guess embrace certain aspects of pain or certain aspects of trauma or certain um you know I think ways in which we actually like you know what I'm saying? Um I'm I'm trying to find a way to really say this, but it's like how do we how do we digest pain? How do we digest the things that have happened to us? How do we tell ourselves those stories? Like how do those narratives actually be written out, you know what I'm saying, based on the things that go, you know, that, that we go through? Um for me, I've used my pain to create and to drive point, drive home a point that I, my purpose and what I'm doing is all about uplifting my community. At the same time, in the spaces that y'all didn't see. Um, in the spaces that y'all did see, there was also another part of the story that was being written that was impacting what I was showing y'all. 
and a large part of that had to do with what was going on in my actual physical home, but also what was going on in my internal home, my own temple. And that was a slow uh, hemorrhaging. That was a slow bleed out, a slow um, basically deterioration of who I knew myself to be my entire life. And when I begun really, you know, accepting the fact that, okay, I have to now accept my role externally before I accept my role internally. That's why I got it fucked up. Like, that's where it went left. And I think <laughs> what we all are on a very spiritual level really kind of experiencing right now is a virus doing what a virus does, and that's exposing... And this, I say this with the utmost empathy and the utmost humility because a lot of us are experiencing some real deal, like personal, like loss from this thing. So I want, I, if you're listening, I hope, you know, I, hope, I don't say this to, you know, be insensitive. But what I, I, I feel like is this thing is really exposing us um, globally to, to our weaknesses. And first with the immune system, but in, in understanding just how weak our system, our external global systems are, our structures, our communities. Um, and that's the part for me that's crazy. That's the part for me that's, you know, is less, is less, you know, alarming than it is just frustrating that it always, and it never fails, it always takes for tragedy, it always takes for, you know, a disruption to happen before we can have certain types of dialogue. Before we can actually sit down in the house and figure out what's going on in the house before we start having out the house and public conversations. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, can you sit with your restlessness? Can you sit with those voices in your head, those voices in your closet? Can you sit with the shit that you've been throwing out, throwing in there, hanging up, the shit that you've been just like coming out, coming out off of work, throwing your clothes off, taking all your, you know what I'm saying, taking your bra off, putting, just tossing that shit everywhere, right? Then you get up and you repeat and you do it again and you do it again and do you, you do it again. And of course, you ashamed for you. To, you you don't want to have company. You don't have company because you don't want people to come inside of your house. But I promise you, outside of your house, you all put together. You're a boss. But nobody knows that but you. So right now, I'm in a space where you're having to expose your actual self to your space. You having to go and look in crevices and places that you noticing shit on the floor and you noticing goddamn, you know what I'm saying, little spider webs in the closet, up in the corners and shit, you know what I'm saying, shit that you ain't looked at, shit ain't touched, ain't cleaning for so long, and now you like, goddamn, like my house really ain't, I really ain't really set up in this motherfucker. All right. I really ain't set up in this motherfucker, and I really, I'm a hypocrite because I'm real deal over here looking to build other houses, and I ain't even kept the motherfucker I got clean. It's like, nigga, what is you doing? <laughs> it don't make no sense. Yeah, exactly like code switching. It's like shit. At the end of the day, like it's not congruent. You're asking yourself, and it's so crazy to me because especially in the age of, of spirituality and, you know, magic and everybody a witch and everybody can make shit shake. How the fuck are you, is your magic working when, it's, when you're not congruent? How's your magic working when you're different inside the house than you are outside the house? Like that shit really don't, it don't, it don't, it don't work for me. So even in even in times where I understand that my blessings and my riches ain't come and haven't manifested tangibly, I'm understanding like shit. I'm getting way more congruent internally than what I've been putting out here to the public. Like I just was on and I was just this nigga. No, I feel that way. But I also at the same time never 
felt that I was worthy of certain fame, never felt that I was worthy of certain acclaim, never felt that I was worthy of a certain level of, of attention because at the same time I, I looked at myself and I held so much guilt and shame towards the areas that I knew I was fucked up in, that I knew I wasn't actually holding myself to the fire, that I wasn't holding myself accountable, that I wasn't really doing the work and it just was better than the niggas around me, but it just, it still wasn't to my standard. So that's a lot of the times what it means to sit down in the house with yourself, like sit with yourself. I say that a lot of times to my clients, like, how are you sitting with yourself? And to everybody that's listening to this, like, I really want you to ask yourself, like, how are you sitting with yourself? What are the ways in which you like challenging yourself to really open up them closets and sort through that shit, man? Sort through them clothes. Man, you got clothes in that motherfucker from goddamn spring, fall, spring 2006, nigga. You still got probate clothes on. You still got clothes from when you graduated. Undergrad, you still got clothes on from when you had the first baby and you on baby number three. You know what I'm saying? You had you still got clothes on when you was fucking with the first nigga. What's happening? What's happening, girl? How you feeling? Like you still got like shit from shit that ain't got nothing to do with your current situation still in your closet. And um I'm excited, man. I'm really excited because right now, like I'm I'm in a space where I'm finding a way to express these lessons and the shit that I'm learning in a way in which niggas like really get like, man, look. There is no way for you to look to build anything sustainable when you don't know how to work with the shit that you got. It just ain't real. It's not real. And you know, it's crazy. Um, and I, and I, I'm glad I did this because I, that's something I've been talking a lot about. It's like, how do you... How do you, how do we regain control over our life in a moment in time where we feel like we're all losing the control? And um, something I said to one of my clients today, it was really just about how do you now transmute this, this restless, you know, out of control energy into something that you can focus in on, right? Into something, that's why I said it, it's hard because you really got to do it externally. And we talk, and people talk about meditation and the ways in which you can calm yourself and be still. But if your mind can wander left into the wrong thing, you also have to let it, let it wander right into the right thing. And I think for a lot of us who have those minds that have those, you know, if I want you to, to find a way to kind of focus in on pleasure. And pleasure, not necessarily physical pleasure, but the things that you can daydream about, the conscious daydreaming, the conscious uh, wandering into things that necessary that may actually, you know, give you something constructive to do when you don't have the ability necessarily to control or you feel like you can't control those thoughts. Um, the thing about trauma, the thing about healing is because a lot of those good thoughts and the good things and the vision setting and the dreaming are attached to people and situations that like sometimes they like those situations may have like went left. Some of that daydreaming may be attached to a person that you know you necessarily can't have or really ain't good for you, but it's a feeling of a life that you want. Um, it's a feeling of a reality that you feel like can be real and something that you can attain. So in a moment right now where you may not be able to um, externally do much, how can you set forth on a path that sees you actually build daily rituals towards something sustainable? Um, that thing can be a job. That thing can be, your, you know, create, turning um, turning your passion in just to a lifestyle. I think for me, um, I, I, I answer that in a minute. I think for me right now, what y'all are witnessing is the byproduct and the result of me being super intentional about my healing journey. Like you're talking about somebody who 
again, I've been a you know professional consultant working with local government. You know, I've also been um, you know an employee at local government. Um, I've also worked as a substance abuse counselor at you know a certain at, at a, a residential facility. Um, professionally, these are things that I've done. But as an as a creative, as an entrepreneur, um, I've I have a lot of different things that I've done, and just honestly, it all falls under the umbrella of being an artist. If you knew that I've had to transmute. Trauma after trauma after pain after pain after situation after situation of things that I know my emotions would have led me into the sunken place over, then you would understand how you leaning into your pain may be the one thing that's going to actually save you. Um, it's just all about your perspective of it. Because if you can accept the fact that it's there and shit hurt and that, you know what I mean, your house may not be the place that you want it to be, how you respond to your house may actually change the environment of your house. Because some of us can't run from our demons that easy. Some of us are living with our demons literally and figure, like figuratively, literally living with your abuse, literally living with your, you know, your, your, um, manipulation, living with your, you know, enabler even, you know, in, in situations where you're trying to better yourself, you may be living with the thing that's, that's putting, pulling you back in that way. So, um, I say all that to say, man, you know, I, I want us to challenge ourselves in this moment. I know there's so much literature out there around the, you know, the, the tangible things you can do. And I think for me too, going outside, like I go outside a lot. I put my hands in the dirt a lot. Um, you know, I, I actually, you know, I just got done with my mother putting, you know, we got we preparing some garden beds to kind of crank my garden back up behind the, on the back of my house. And, you know, short story, like that garden bed actually was first raised by my grandmother before. And she passed, um, you know, God bless her soul two years ago. And that was my way when I came home of honoring her because I couldn't go to Africa to the funeral. Like I couldn't, I, and that was so much, cause that was the only grandparent that I actually knew that I knew had a relationship with. She came and stayed in America um, for a couple of years at a time when I was in middle school and high school and we actually had a relationship. So when she passed, um, you know, there were things that I couldn't do and I was going through my own situation, my own shit, my own issues with, you know, trying to be a father, trying to be sustainable, trying to deal with professional loss and personal loss all at once that I had to physically go outside and go dig up some motherfucking dirt because it wasn't nothing else that I can do because I wasn't finna beat up the house. I wasn't finna put no more wall. I put one hole in the wall, but I wasn't finna be like, nigga, this is my house, right? If I can't hit nobody no more, like I'm not playing football, like so I got to work out. You know what I'm saying? I got to do the workouts that, that's not going to just make me sweat a little bit. I got to do the motherfuckers that's going to make me pass out at the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to get back to the 16-year-old that was trying to go to the NFL and didn't give a fuck that I had. if I had a gym or not. I was just going to run from the house to the goddamn stove and come back. You know what I'm saying? I was going to get the weights at the house and put them downstairs, and I was going to knock some shit out. And I was going to watch film, and I was going to master my craft, and I was going to study some shit. And I was going to really sit and become the thing that I wanted to be. So by the time I got to the game, like that shit was just clockwork because I knew that I was going to spend as much time as I could dealing with the shit that I wanted to become. Dealing with who you want to become forces you to see the shit that you ain't. I'm going to say that again. Dealing with and sitting with who you want to become forces you to see the shit that you're not. And that's that's the part about radical honesty. 
that's the part about like really being able to be in your house, sit down in yourself, sit down in your space and to, to, to look at it, look at the walls, look at like how you actually, you know, look at how you're, you're dressing up your environment. And that, that can include friends that can include family that can include what we choose to do to make a living. Cause I think for a lot of us, we're realizing that some of the shit that we've been shooting for just really ain't, it ain't the groove. It ain't really the shit that we want. Most of us want, we think we want money, but we really want freedom. <laughs> and because our freedom is being taken from us, like, shit, now, like, we like, God damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, it's hard. So, yeah, man, like, challenge yourself right now to just, you know, sit in your space and really fuck with it. You know what I mean? One more time. I would say one more time. Uh, what I say? What I just said? Um, oh, Yeah. Sitting with who you want to become forces you to see all the shit that you ain't. Like, it just that simple. Like, you know what I'm saying? Something like, I I know that I know who I am, and I'm gonna just say that. I'm gonna say it more and more and more. I know exactly who I am, and it scares me because I know who I am. So I don't just run towards shit, but I sit with shit. I'm 31 years old. Like at the in the reality of it, so many of us we be so goddamn fast to run towards something else out here that we don't realize is like nigga you ain't even really learned who you are and what you what what your real groove is like like what can really come from you I, and to give it that type of time let it manifest and let it resonate like that shit takes a lot so yeah I, I think at this point i've afforded myself a little time to rest and to figure some shit out like this hustle culture shit is for the birds and I understand it because at the at the at the intersection of that for me is poverty. The fact that I actually need to create, I know I need to drop some shits because I could I actually need some money. But what I need more than money is peace. And what I need more than that is a direction to figure out where I'm going after this shit gets back to what I've already known was going to be a new normal. So if I know it's gonna be a new normal, then I then shit I need to prepare for it. I, I was told three to four years ago by spirit to slow the fuck down. So now the world is being slowed down. Then maybe now I'm actually more in a better position to speed up because I don't feel the pressure that everybody feels. Right. So I kind of I want to really challenge y'all, man. Lean into to to the daydreams that, you know, don't scare you. You know, what I'm saying like the night like I, it's easy it's easy to acknowledge the, sh the frightening shit, but like, what about the frightening shit that make you feel good? Like, what what what's the things that you know what I'm saying? What's the good shit in your closet that you scared of? Right? That was another thing I talked about today with one of my clients. It was around um, the fact that she actually has some of the shit that she wants in her life right now, and how when being presented with a scenario or some shit she actually saw that it's going to require more of her than where she is. And that shit scared her. And I said, shit, how many of us really got the good shit that we really want in front of us, but we're running from it because we're not ready or because we're not in a space where we can receive it. Right. Um, and can you be honest with yourself to know whether or not you're ready for that shit? Yeah, man, man, definitely. Um, Success definitely equals peace. And um, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I just feel like <laughs> we're literally watching, like, we're literally watching, like, a change, a transition. Like, we're literally watching niggas, like, you know, people understanding the things that we read and the memes and all of that stuff. But it's like, if how do we translate all of this right here 
into like tangible shit? How do we translate it into you actually knowing your neighbor and you actually attaining for your home to be stable and not to just have a bigger home? Or your home to be heaven and not just to have a different heaven or a bigger heaven? Um, I can't wait to really go and attack this PhD because I really loved intersectionality, but intersectionality in my life don't necessarily look like it does. Um, and, and, well, I won't say it don't because it does. I'm just transparent enough to show it. I think it's so many of us that like sit at the intersectionality of poverty and success as well as culture, um, um, just the, the isms, the sub, you know, the, the, the isms in our, in our, in the diaspora in terms of like what this shit's supposed to look like. Right. Um, what does intellect, what, how does intellect come across from a black man? How does it supposed to sound? What does it look like? What is the aesthetic? You know what I'm saying? So to, to be in a space now where we're being forced to see people in their element how comfortable are you to show yourself in your actual element versus the element that you put on the gram on a regular? It's like I wanted people to see me at my lowest so that when I'm in a different space, you know, there's no cap, right? It's no bullshit because I know that as a leader or somebody who was looking to actually influence that the only way in this generation that you can lead is from a place of transparency and people saying that you ain't, you ain't bullshit. Like it's really what it is. So to know that means that I got to show you my inside. I got to show you who I actually am in my core because as things progressively change, which the only constant in life is change, clearly we see that, you understand and you can trust and know that this is a fool. This is who he really is. Like, ain't no wine wool. As, as you know, my, my trap theory family got wine wool. We still, we still on here. We still recording, man. Um, but... Yeah, you know, this part of the, this, you know, this part, I really just, I love, I love dialogue. I love this space. I love when I get in this mode and this zone because it's less of a, y'all know, I freestyle this shit. I want to take shot and I like to have like just regular conversations um, because that's what I have. I'm a therapist. Um, my people know. We just talk, man. Like we just chop it up um, and I challenge and they challenge me and um, I challenge some more and it's all done from a place of like, nigga, you got to, you got to, we know it's some shit that's fucked up. Like, can we just keep on, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's keep on, let's keep on beating, you know what I'm saying? Hitting that, hitting that nail with the hammer. Like, we know it's there. Like, let's keep on hitting it because it's going to come back. And when it come back, I'm going to keep hitting that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, every time you think you're done with something, it's going to come right back. So let's keep on hitting it. Man, I'm proud of you, Mandy. I'm proud of you. That's dope. That's dope, man. Um, like, you know, so yeah. How y'all how are y'all how are y'all coping right now? Um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I um I didn't ask you a question. Um if you mind, I'm gonna share the question um for my listeners on um on the podcast. The question is like, what are your thoughts on medication to help people on their journey to find peace? Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on medication. Um, my mother is actually a doctor of nursing practice. So I kind of was raised with a doctors or nurses, like, you know, the medical opinion for everything. However, also being raised, you know, again, 
African and understanding the importance of diet and what you eat being really honestly the best form of medicine. Um, I'm very much so, I'm, I'm, I'm more so a proponent of really, if you're going to go about it, go radical, but go organically radical in terms of trying to find solutions to what's going on with you. I would say go radical in terms of um, alternative medicines that may look like more herbal things or things that um, may necessarily not come from a doctor. Um, because I've seen just from experience that those things are actually what doctors themselves treat for themselves. They just won't tell you that that's what you need to be doing. Um, because my mom is the same person who also gets boatloads of moringa and different herbs from back home in Cameroon. And we eat that shit and, you know, chop it up and do what we do. At the same time, for certain things, she will only rely on her education and what she's learned. So even as a therapist, I say that to say for a lot of us who suffer with actual um, DSM diagnosis, if you, you actually deal with bipolar, um, you know, issues such as being bipolar, you know, having bipolar tendencies, actually dealing with severe depression, severe anxiety, and what those things are rooted in, um, I do recommend, because again, I have certain limitations. I've actually had to tell people like, look, I can only help you to a certain extent because, um, I can see certain symptoms. I can see certain like, you know, I, I can see certain things there that make, you know, warrant you some medication, warrant you actually getting a, a prescription filled. Um, but for me, because of my beliefs and because of how rooted spiritually I am and what I'm doing, I don't necessarily always go the medication route because I feel like we really don't actually give our demons a space to heal before we start like resorting to medication. If you could find a place for you to actually get some of this shit out before you resorted to trying to suppress it, then maybe you wouldn't have to suppress it so much. Uh, you know what I'm saying? My boy, you know, we just doing the Lord's work. <laughs> man, shout out to my family, man. They coming on here showing love on the IG Live, man. My brother, we know he knows shit, shit. Nigga, let me look. We gonna tell them stories on another podcast, man, but... Um, shout out to the people out here doing the real work, man. My brother, um, Kevin Atkins, out there in North Carolina, man. I'm um, helping people with his um nonprofit, Greater Good, supplying housing, and I think especially at a time like this, it's so critical and essential for people low income communities to actually have services that are accessible, um, you know, affordable things that they can actually do. So he said, Nah, I keep on love. <laughs> Well, you stupid. Hey, man, look. Let no folk know what's going on, man. Look. We at you. Been at you. But, um, yeah, man. I appreciate y'all. Um, I appreciate y'all family. Um, this weekend, I'm gonna be on my boy, um, Mike and the Free Roots. We doing a, a IG live session called Hot Box. Y'all already know what the hot box is, you know, really just wanting to let people in on some of the conversations we have around what this shit looks like and how it relates to just regular shit. Um, a lot of these conversations, you know, in these intellectual black spaces be highfalutin in the motherfucker. They just really be about like who knows the biggest SAT word and I'm not the one for that because I realize like innovation doesn't look like you know memorization <laughs> innovation looks like your ability to grasp some shit and actually apply it to something 
um, a new problem, a new situation. Um, I think all of us are about to be dealing with new situations. So if you could sit down and fix the problems inside of your own home right now, I think it's easier for you to fit, go out here and step into the world. You know what I'm saying? If you can really look at what's going on around you in your physical right here space, then once this shit kind of ease back into a new normal, it'll be a little bit easier, right? So I challenge you, I challenge us right now to kind of lean into the uncomfortability of the situation because I'm like, I'm not that therapist that's going to be like, oh, do X, Y, Z and it's going to feel good. No, this shit going to hurt, but it can feel good while it hurt. It can absolutely do that. And if you've ever gone through any type of process, if you've ever been an athlete, if you've ever done anything that, that had to involve going through some pain, if you've ever had a child, nigga, like, you know, some of the hardest shit produced some of the best results. And um, right now, I believe that collectively, we can embrace this hardship. Um, embrace this hardship like like our ancestors did. And that's a whole nother conversation. Like, like, we really need to embrace the cabin fever. It was times where we was trying to break out, you know. It's just so many metaphors of this shit. Like, how can we be free from this after this, on the other side of this, right? What does that look like? How do you get to that point, to that place, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm chop this short, man. I really appreciate y'all. Um... Maybe I, I'm going to give a little bit of time. But, um, yeah, man, this is Boy Wine, Water Trap Therapist. All my people on here, man, if you if you listening live on Anchor, I appreciate my trap therapy family all around the world. And we got people in Nebraska. My dog in Nebraska be hitting me up, bro. We got people in, you know, in Europe. We got folks, of course, on the south side. My people in Huntsville, all my family that really been supporting um, what I've been doing for the longest and yeah, we just finna keep it going because I know at a certain point, like this shit gonna be real. It's it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to become the norm that I know it is. Certain conversations. I know my demographic, and it's I'm gonna just let y'all in on a little secret, like a little secret. As a business person, like when your demographic isn't my demographic was never black women in terms of, even though my largest following and people that support me the most are black women, my message was never catered towards appealing to black women and it interests me how like i can be so raw and so like aggressive and so forward with certain shit in real life and also i've had to find my voice to really translate that without, without coming across as the thing that you fear the most which is a fuck nigga <laughs> and in doing so like i think now i'm starting to understand the reasons as to why people can't accept and sit with certain ugly truths because in real life we all like the fuck shit we just don't want to admit it but we don't accept the fuck shit with ourselves enough to be able to figure out how to you know to deal with it when it comes to us in different forms right because as above so below as within so without so if you got craziness going on in here hey it's gonna come back to you that's just a universal law so yeah, man. It's your boy, Winewood, a trap therapist. You know what I mean? I love y'all niggas. All of you. All of you. Um, yeah, man. We just doing the Lord's work. Y'all stay safe. Stay in the motherfucking house. Stay at home. Don't go nowhere. Please. Go to the stove. Get you, you know. Sex is not essential. <laughs> but, okay, I lie. It is. Just be safe while you get it. Um, yeah, man. This is me. Love y'all, man. Peace.